Hello and welcome to Incorruptible Mass, where we help you understand state politics. So we talk a lot about why it is so broken, what we could have here in Massachusetts if we fixed it, and how you can get involved. Today is a day to talk about how broken it is. Woohoo! <laughs> it is the end of the session. And we're going to talk about all the different ways that bills can fail, fall through the cracks, cannot be passed, um, and all the different bills this session that never, nothing happened with them, um, and how our legislature doesn't work. So that's today. But before we go on, I will introduce my two super awesome and amazing co-hosts, um, Jordan Bird Powers. Uh, my name is Jordan Brunk Powers. I use he, him, and I have several years of experience working in progressive politics and unfortunately uh, many uh, <laughs> sessions of the State House. Jonathan Cohn. Jonathan Cohn, joining from Boston. I've also been active in electoral and issue politics. You're not quite as long as Jordan, but enough to also see what a, what a chaotic place the end of the session <laughs> in Massachusetts is. Mm-hmm. Anna Callahan, she heard coming at you from Medford, um, ran for office, ran for state rep, uh, done state politics stuff for a while. So uh, interested, excited, uh, horrified by state politics, pretty passionate about it. So um, today we are going to talk about all the different ways that bills can die in Massachusetts. And let's start off with just the timing of the session. Massachusetts has this super weird way of passing bills, which is like, if you want to have a bill considered over the next two years, you better get it in in the first couple of months. Otherwise, forget it. You're over, no chance. And then there's a whole hearing time where all the bills get into committees and they have hearings. And then there's a whole another time when they come you know, out of committees or don't come out of committees. Um, and then basically everything just gets pushed to almost the absolute end of the session for anyone to make any decisions and do any voting. And it's totally ridiculous, it's ridiculous. I often compare the legislature, I often think of the legislature like a procrastinating college student with like <laughs> constantly wanting extensions on work and then like realizing that they haven't done anything until the deadline and then kind of playing around with the deadline. To, to and, then, and then putting up their worst work. Yes, exactly. That's it. Exactly. exactly. That like somebody ends up finding actual problems with not that long after because they didn't actually read. Uh, read what they submitted before then. And it's also, and I think one thing that kind of illustrates the general point we made before, that you have that general timeline of the session, but also the fact that whenever those highest ranking want to uh, kind of get around that, they can get around that, whether for good or for bad. Like, for instance, when thinking of when they decided, and for good reasons, that they wanted to um, pass something around protecting kind of abortion access and gender care, they're just like, okay, we're doing a bill. Uh, and it just speaks to how like how much it depends on the whim of the person on the top to decide that because of the national moment that that made them decide that they cared enough to actually pass legislation that they would have otherwise let die. Yeah. Because of the kind of this, the kind of renewed salience there. And it, what it speaks to at the same time is how much their arguments 
any arguments around process that they make are excuses rather than real arguments if that they show time and time and again when they see enough urgency they're happy to evade all process when they want it the process doesn't apply to them yeah yeah i mean i think it's in so just just for clarity for people <clears throat> our session takes two years it starts in january it's supposed to end july 31st when they pass the budget technically it ends december right like the year um and um and then it starts again in january right so it's a two years on the even it starts on the um excuse me the election is on the even year so it starts on the odd year so january 2023 will be the beginning of a new session and it'll end december um 2024 right and starts again after that it's they could pass legislation at any point mm -hmm. there's no requirement that they wait until the last year and the last month to pass meaningful legislation they could have a hearing in january um, do have a discussion in January and pass legislation in January 2023. They could do that. They could do what normal legislatures do. They could just pass legislation when they go in. They don't need to wait till the end. They can I, literally pass legislation at any point. And I think it's important to stress that, that other states don't do it like this. No. And so you could do it. So, so they literally wait a, they do a year of basically nothing <laughs> for which they can do any legislation they want. Mm -hmm. And then they wait to the second year to begin thinking about legislation. And then they wait till the end to do it. It got so bad. We sort of forget this because the pandemic has sort of like mm -hmm. much brains, but they literally made a year that like we were into a new year and they pretended the session didn't end, that they were still in the previous oh, yeah. year. <laughs> and we forget that it's like just to do your own points about like how they can just change laws whenever they want like we january first happened <laughs> people we were rolling into a new year and they were pretending like it was still the year before according to the official records because they kept voting it that way right they can do whatever they want they could right now go back in session and just say we're gonna be back in session doesn't matter they could do that they can do whatever they want and imagine like you're like any normal human being is going to think, hey, it would be better if in January I could focus on healthcare, and maybe in February we focus on a housing bill. And then in March, we're going to focus on something else instead of like, wow, you know, we're just sitting around waiting and waiting and doing <laughs> jack all nothing sitting on our butts and going to hearings where we're not paying any attention because it's like 18 hours of hearings exaggeration. Um, and then at the and then at the end, you're just crammed how can you possibly read all of this legislation at the same time and think about it all at the same time through your yeah. you know human brain like it completely makes no sense at all so i think it's important to like walk people through some of these processes but just just to that point i just want to like just how like bonkers this whole is this whole thing is like they could at any point be they could you know most of the legislators don't even know what they're voting on so they're mm -hmm. sitting around in the chamber waiting to hear about bills and the final versions of bills and then they're supposed to vote on it they're not reading it they don't find out about it they are often the last to know what they're voting on in the chamber at midnight three o'clock whatever so the process you know if you like how does a bill become a law like the little song you know it's supposed to go through so there's there's different types of committees there's committees in massachusetts that are both house and senate that's different from your u.s congress um and then there are some committees 
that are just the House and just the Senate. Every bill has to go through a, um, every bill goes through a um, committee, usually one of the joint committees, and then it goes to the House and wait, and, and then it goes to the separate committees just for the House and just for the Senate. Um, mm -hmm. It has to pass, so it has to go through usually the committee that oversees the issue, then the spending committee, we call House Ways and Means, then like a rules committee or something else to get a floor vote scheduled. So it's like third reading and then, it, or, or rules. Um, I think it has to go through rules, bill, then third committee. I forget the whole process. It's very- And then there's like policy and steering also takes- Yeah, things. policy, right. Sorry. Has to vote it out. So there's all these processes that have to get through. Um, and then you get to, then if it passes one chamber, it has to go through that process in the other chamber. So when you wait to the last second, right, you're literally doing all these things at like midnight, crack it down, right, trying to move these processes. Mm -hmm. But so all of these legislation, so a lot of the times we spend a lot of time testifying before a committee, advocating before a committee, and then um, and then a committee's like, yes, we think that's a good bill. <clears throat> and it means basically nothing. Like it can, it's it's not nothing because it takes a lot to get things out of committee, but like out of committee is just like the first step of many pitfalls legislation can get through. Um, and just like, there's so many good bills that mm -hmm. get lost, they get out of committee and then just die. Um, you know, I think of, um, you know, so there's a like, uh, so thank you, Jonathan, for putting together this list. Uh, but can there's like one fair wage is really near dear can to I, me. Can I pause you for a second? Because I want to, <laughs> yeah. if we can just, before we talk about those that got out of committee, can we talk about the bills that did not get out of committee? Like, let's just go through yeah. phase by phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That quick. did not pass out of committee. Can I do one quick thing before that? Yeah. One thing that's actually an adaptation of the analogy I made prior, prior to our starting recording. One thing that's a good way of describing the legislature, if you think of a restaurant, okay, and you're waiting uh, to get seated to your table for the restaurant. Uh, if the way that the legislature operates is that it will make you wait for a very long time and then it might finally seat you five minutes before the before the restaurant closes and then be like, oh, sorry, we ran out of time to serve you because the <laughs> restaurant is closing. And that kind of speaks to the way in which you have that like intentional bottleneck at the end which maybe some people will get will will get their meal and can go but there's just so many there's so many built in weights so that even getting getting seated doesn't mean you're getting your food because you have structurally built in built in delay yeah and so there and uh, you know i know organizations that are working on these bills these ones that um, could not get out of committee um, and they've been working for decades trying like to get as to get this one thing to get the bill out favorably passed out of committee mm -hmm. and i want to just highlight that that all these little steps are things that that give like that the sort of system gets us to spin our wheels and spin our wheels and spin our wheels and makes us think that we're moving forward when there's no guarantee at all that we will ever get that restaurant meal, right? So with like mm -hmm. Medicare for all, they're trying to build, they're trying to, you know, they're doing all these ballot measures, they're trying to do all this stuff. That bill has not come out of committee since I don't know what year, but it's been like many, 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 many sessions that that bill cannot get out of committee and that's their goal, get it out of committee. But it doesn't get out of committee. Even if it gets out of committee, there's mm -hmm. no guarantee at all that it will get passed. 
Um, so some of the bills um, that can't get out of committee, you know, are uh, uh, in addition to um, to the Medicare for All one, Jonathan, you have some of those that just never even got out of the committee that they were in. Yeah, let me get into um, let me get into this list. You had some that were like unfinished business from the police reform fight, uh, like kind of in the last session, such as like banning tear gas, which the legislature had voted, the House had voted against their bill that again didn't get anywhere, or kind of giving greater municipal oversight of like kind of like a city council or select board oversight over over police acquisition of surveillance equipment because. Heaven forbid you have some degree of, of oversight. One thing that would be great to see is actually making having universities pay uh, to chip in a little bit more because of how much like, like a Harvard or an MIT is sitting on massive endowments that are completely untaxed and kind of legislation to ask them to chip in a little bit more to help fund education in the state. Or even a lot of base, uh, like housing legislation because there are so many oh, yeah. on housing that didn't advance. Uh, like get out of committee, like the Tenant Protection Act. It's something that was actually really interesting to think about because that got out of that got out of committee the prior session, which mainly felt like it was an election move to help Kevin Honan, who is the housing chair, because <laughs> he had uh, an opponent. He had, he had, an opponent he had a challenger. Talking a lot about that issue, and so when he wasn't, so when there wasn't like an electoral need to get it out of committee, it just didn't get out of committee. Didn't get out of committee. Yeah. Absolutely, debt-free higher ed. That one can't get make it out of committee. Um, you know, real estate transfer fee. Mm -hmm. That was another one that got out of committee previously. Did it get out of committee previously? Yeah. I'm not. No, it's never gotten out of committee. No, I think that the issue with that but, one was you had a number of people who co-sponsor it voted to. Right, right. <laughs> yes. But but how did we get those votes? I just assumed it must have gotten out of committee for us to see the votes because we knew exactly who it was. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't even remember. Yeah. So a lot uh, I mean, of things just cannot, ending life without parole, like a lot of stuff just I mean, cannot get out of committee. I just think it's important. Like some of these things are just wild, right? Like, um, you know, the the curbing solitary confinement, like yeah. something uh, we know is oh abuse. Um, I just think it's important to note that like real, you know, every single person in Massachusetts lives housing costs nothing on housing that could protect tenants, give people the ability, create affordable mm -hmm. housing, anything proactive to deal with this major mm -hmm. crisis, not even out of committee, not even out yeah. of committee, yeah. um, you know, let them, uh, you know, making it easier to vote. Um, we were talking before this um, rooftop solar. So those of you who don't understand rooftop solar, right, the way the regs are written, mm -hmm. they're written for suburban people who have single family homes. If you live in a city in Massachusetts, Worcester, Springfield, mm -hmm. Austin, and Somerville, Cambridge, all of these places, you probably live in a multifamily. You can't get solar for that multifamily. We don't have regulations that make that possible mm -hmm. for all of the things. How wild is that? Think about how weird it is that they yeah. wrote legislation to allow solar and made it nearly impossible to, to have tenants of all three things get the benefit from that solar package, right? Like, it's just a wild thing. So there's just so many mm -hmm. pieces of legislation that, again, when you when you just sit on these things, um, it's not just like, oh, they didn't pass, they didn't do these things. But these are, we're going to now have to wait at 
best two more years mm -hmm. to address housing costs in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a wild thing to think about that people are going to, my child is gonna go from elementary school to middle school before they're even gonna think about addressing one of the major crises in this state that has been not dealt with, not two years ago, four years ago, six years ago, like continues to be completely unaddressed, let alone healthcare costs, let alone you know addressing the fact that people have health insurance but don't go to the care, right? Like there's just, it's just wild that we, that, that, that they do this um, and that they don't legislate month after month, year after year, day to day, but wait till one month and a two year session to try to do all these things. And then of course they don't happen. Yeah. So then they get out of committee. So then they get to okay, committee. Okay, great. So they Excellent. get out of committee. <laughs> Once it succeeded in getting out of committee, hallelujah, we've been working for 20 years. We got something out of committee. Uh, oh my God. One of my favorite is wage theft. Let me tell you why I love wage theft. Wage theft is, so we, a lot of people talk about crime. They love to talk about crime. Crime is up. You know what the media never covers? The largest crime wave that there is in America. Mm -hmm. People with power stealing the wages of regular people, mm. normally people who are either construction workers or are paid by, um, you know, paid by the, by the contract that they're doing. People are stealing that money. Yeah. And there is virtually no way for an individual to hold that individual accountable. And if you are, are lucky, you might get the attorney general years later to deal with it, if you're lucky. And but there is no way, it's, and it pales in comparison. Just to say real quickly, yeah. there is wage theft is costs people way more than every stolen good. If you totaled up the value of every stolen good in Massachusetts, it is a drop in the bucket for the amount of money that wages are stolen. And yet no police are brought, no DA is filing charges, mm -hmm. no one's dragging people out in handcuffs. You steal a Snickers bar, you are likely, I mean, probably not, but you're like, you can get the police called. If you steal the wages of the person who stole that, who, mm -hmm. who sold you that Snickers bar, nothing happens to you. Even though one is hundreds of dollars and one is $2. That's the way our similar system works. And they have let this bill die and die and die. And they only get it out of committee to, to please a few people during election years. And it never goes anywhere. And it's just absolutely atrocious. Yeah, and I, I just have to chime in because we've talked before about how, you know, your bike gets stolen, your, you know, your stuff gets stolen from your backyard, from your porch, gets, gets, your car gets broken into, stuff stolen out of your car, rip your radio out of your car. But they never find those people, right? No. You don't have to no. find the employer who's stealing <laughs> your wages. That's right. They know who this is. That's there's right. No, there's nothing to solve. There's no mystery. Yeah, you know? that's a really good point. It just like, we looked time, everywhere and couldn't find the person who is stealing your wage. <laughs> this is a really good point. That's a really, really good point. And then to this point also, the one fair wage. So if you don't know, um, tipping is a way in which um, it was used to discriminate against Black people. That's how it got started. It's now, a, you know, it's one of the ways in which women face a lot of physical um, violence at work. And Hotels, it is something that we can absolutely. do. To, to ensure that people are paid for their time when they work, tipping would still happen, but you know, making a sub minimum wage for people who earn tips is really inhumane. No one needs to do it. There's a bill mm -hmm. that got out of committee, died, we don't know where. Mm -hmm. As well as in one thing that like to underscore with this, which is especially non-transparent how the system works, 
is you don't know who is the responsible for then kind of ending it like in general, like Senate hat and house leadership, you can generally attribute a certain blame to for anything doesn't advance. But were there different people who were the holdups who were trying, who are blocking things after they get out of step one, the system is designed to not tell you that, that information and allow, and allow it to exist as largely a black hole. Yep. And I mean, there's just so many good bills that got lost in these things. There's wage equity bills to ensure that there's better transparency mm-hmm. around yeah. so that women are paid for their work. There's yeah. the lift, the Saudi Dominican, one of my favorite bills is Saudi Dominico's bill, the lift kids out of deep poverty, which sets a floor so that people can, who have deep poverty have the means to ensure that their kids have food and the things that they need. <laughs> one that I can't get over that they've that they've punted a few sessions now is the bill about allowing kind of parents who are running for elected yeah. office yes. and child care to their campaign account that you can do things as like there's one state rep candidate this cycle who expensed two two like or like maybe in three jet blue flights to his campaign account and like you can expense like however many hundreds of dollars in a plane ticket to your campaign account but the yeah. child care that you need to go like knock on doors or attend an events hold up here that's not allowed it's just, <laughs> it's and, just- and that's and, and that's a ruling by galvin to be clear so secretary galvin's office made that determination for if you run for federal office child care is covered the fec the federal government ruled very clearly that child care is a campaign expense in when ocpf the office of campaign finance have the opportunity to mirror the federal government's decisions about this, it decided that actually childcare is not essential. And so therefore, so it's not, just to be clear, it's not that there was a bill banning it Mm -hmm. or they needed to clarify some language. The Secretary Galvin's office should and could do tomorrow fix this problem. Mm -hmm. And he chose to be sexist. (laughs) You know, they chose to treat it like, oh, well, that's just a women's problem. So I'm not going to deal with it. God forbid we have more women in office. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also easy that. things. I just want to say, like, yeah. the native mascot band, like, you yeah. should, n- people should not be mascots. Yeah. Like, it's just a, you don't, you know, like, <laughs> you know, we're just, we don't, no one's, like, the fighting Black people. Like, it's just not, like, you wouldn't do <laughs> that. Um, uh, and so, like. Fighting white. Right. Fighting whiteies. The fighting, right. And so, like, this is an easy bill. This is a no-brainer. Um, you could fix this tomorrow and bring dignity to people whose land we have stolen, whose people we have who we have killed, had a major genocide of. We could do this little list of tiny things to bring some dignity back to a state that's named after all the people we've, we've suppressed and hurt. Um, and we can't even do that. It's like cost them. It costs nothing, right. and it's easy to fix. And one thing as well that this always boggles my mind when there's opposition to it. I know there is, in fact, organized opposition in some parts of the state to it. Is this one bill by uh, kind of Representative Taki Chan that's actively backed by like the Chinese Progressive Association, many other progressive AAPI groups around data equity up to be actually being able to disaggregate demographic information that we have out of different agencies. Because if you know that different populations, like especially within the AAPI community, there are different needs for different populations, it can be somewhat very different, uh, depending because of like where folks tend to live, the income levels, tend to, like English proficiency. 
And you can't do you can't do the best job as a government agency and meeting the needs of your community if you don't actually have the best quality data uh, for that. But it's it just like keep it, it keeps stalling because of uh, when like having better information. It's like should it be like the low ask that you allow because getting actually better services is like the ultimate goal and getting the better information to inform better services should not be a difficult thing to pass. Yeah. So, and these are all, so these things are things that all the ones we just talked about, they reported out of their committee, Yeah. right? The committee the, said this should pass. The committee mm -hmm. said this should pass. And then what happened? Basically nothing. Okay. <laughs> There's no, you know, it doesn't have to, there doesn't have to be like a decision made. It's just, if they don't prioritize it, nothing happens. And, and I think, you know, we've noted this, but I think it's important to note that there's a lot of politics often behind this. So they will pass mm -hmm. things out of committee for the purposes of defending an incumbent, yep. you know, pretending to care about an issue, pushing it through to, you know, for, for the sake of saying, look, we did, we pushed it, we got out of committee. Oh, I'm sorry, we didn't have time. Again, they'll always say this, we didn't have time to pass it, but we'll get to it two years from now at the end in July again, right? <laughs> and so um, it's important to it's important to note that there's a lot of reasons these things happen, but often it is just that they don't, they have so many things, they try to wait to the last second mm -hmm. and they just don't, and then they just drop them. And all of the bills that got passed out of committee that disappeared, if they wanted February, March, mm -hmm. 2023, they could pass them. They don't, they know none of the language will change. None of the lived realities of people who have their wages stolen, who are being sexually harassed at work because they're on, because they require tips. None of those lived realities are going to change. Yeah. They could, they could re March. We're going to get to this. You know, we passed out a committee and we dropped it. We could, we're going to fix that. But they won't. <laughs> they won't because they throw of them all in the trash can. Right, yeah, once, how once broken the, the, the system is. End of the session, everything goes in the trash can. All the work everybody did, all the work that all the organizations outside the building did, all the hearings, all the, mm -hmm. you know, all the coalition building, everything thrown in the trash can. And it speaks to like that kind of the theatrics that underlies the hearings cycle because most of these bills, unless it's a brand new bill, like we already had a hearing last session, we brought an expert, yep. we told you why this was important. You didn't yep. show up. <laughs> yep, you weren't there. Uh, those things are all still the same. Yep. yep. Um, so then, you know, miracle of miracles, some things did pass either the House or the Senate, right? They got taken up. They, uh, you know, went up for a vote. Um, whether we heard who voted which way or not, they, uh, they got passed in one chamber. But that doesn't mean that it's going to become a law. So it has to pass in both chambers and the, mm -hmm. and the wording has to be identical. Um, so, yeah. They're, if one word changes, they have to they have to repass yeah. it both days. Yeah, um, and so these ones, of course, we got yeah, one bill passed in the House, but not the Senate. Um, but more bills uh, that passed in the Senate, but not the House. Um, and you know, a lot of these also things that have been up for a long time or are just total no brainers. Look, the gender X bill. Who? It, it doesn't. It's it's nothing. It's so easy. It's an incredibly easy thing to do that doesn't cost a ton of money um, and the, it, it just can't pass. 
So the gender X bill would allow non-binary option on birth certificates and driver's licenses. Sorry, um, I should it, have explained it. Yes. Yes. And it and it and it's it's something that means a lot to the to people whose lives are affected by it. Everything from their ability to get their updated credit scores, their ability to function as adults, their ability to have proper documentation so that they're not harassed. The lived reality for the people who are struggling with their dead names, their dead, their dead lives, um, is is real. The cost to the legislature to pass this is five minutes of their time. Yeah, like it. Co- like there is, they understand this issue. It's an easy fix. Again, something they could do January twenty twenty three. It is the easiest thing for them to do. To your point, Anna. And again, it's just like, oh well, you know, what are we gonna do? <laughs> like it's just nothing to them. But you know, for the lived reality, that's a lot of chaos mm-hmm. they're causing through inaction that again requires basically no work for them. Yep. The, yep. the one thing as well that like it. it it's just always wild to me that the Senate keeps passing this and even weakening it session after session <laughs> past the House is the Healthy Youth Act. Uh, yes. But like, doesn't even require comprehensive sex ed, which like- No, it should be. It just says, if you teach it, it should be medically accurate. Yeah. And so, so like, that's like, the core part of it. And, and, and some, for some reason, I like, who the exact holdup is, I don't know. Uh, that house just won't take it up. <laughs> I I will say I do know, and I feel like that's Ooh. an after hours thing in the house. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's an important thing to note. Yeah, the Healthy Youth Act again, just a simple legislation that says like in Blue Massachusetts, if you teach sex ed, it has to be medically accurate. Cannot get out of I don't know twelve years now, fourteen years. They've been trying to pass it. Um, you know, simple things. I think there's just you know other. Um, menstrual equality bill, making menstrual products available in public schools, homeless shelters, prisons, right? Like, what? what like, again, and it's, how does that not pass? It's it passed the House, I mean, passed the Senate, not the House. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what's wild with some of these is that, like, they sometimes pass the Senate, like, almost unanimously, or, like, unanimously. Yeah. Uh, and then nothing right right yeah. so democrats and republicans vote for them unanimously in the senate and then it gets to the house with a democratic supermajority, and then people are like oh this gives me this makes me icky it deals with women and it makes me you know it's just like that's and it just dies and it's just yeah. it's wild it's one, wild. Of, one of my favorites is the civil asset forfeiture one which yeah. you know some people don't even realize this because yeah. it, it doesn't affect everybody equally mm-hmm. right i mean if you're a person of color if you're black it's going to affect you way more than than uh you know uh, other folks uh the police can seize your property and keep it yeah if they uh, if they if they believe if they believe if the stole and there's no judge involved to be clear yep. if they believe mm-hmm that you were using the car or cash in your pocket in the, in the, in the course of a crime. Now, you, they need not see the crime. They need not have, have proof that a crime took place. They need not have an informant that you're a criminal. They just vaguely have to believe that a crime has taken place that you were a part of and that the thing that, you, and that, the thing that they want was used in it. They can take it from you without, with basically no oversight. If it's large enough, a judge might give it to you back, but that's murky at best. Um, but like, let's say they sell your car, and then six months later you get before a judge, and the judge is like, "They really should have taken that car. You're gonna get like the value of that car back if you're lucky." Really, like, it's just, but now you don't have a car for six months. Like, it's just 
a wild thing that happens. And this is a bill so to slightly rein it in. Right. <laughs> exactly. I like that the bill doesn't Senate. get rid of it. The bill doesn't say they can't steal yeah. your shit. <laughs> the bill just says it just raises the bar for makes it a little bit more difficult for them to like but, take things from you. And if you're if you're in communities of color, to be clear for people who don't know what this is like, you know, you'll regularly get asked for your ID, for your wallet, just by walking around. I get asked for my ID when I walk my dog, right? Just because I live in a poor part of the of, of a city. And if I have more than $100 in my pocket, the police could take it and do for people of color. Just straight up, it's cash. And they're like, oh, we think you're using it for drug sales or something else. And those take the money. And so, so tagging things, one that just speaks to the general kind of inequities there is that you have this little act like, um, if you wanted to even fight that, then you like, the, the cost yeah. of fighting that oh right and it would end up being very difficult so it just shows how like there's like that built-in impunity where you know that if you're talking yeah. to people you don't have the resources but it's what's also wild with this bill that like the house did, never bothered to take up is massachusetts has one of the lowest standards in the country yes. for, like for civil asset forfeiture um, I'm just kind of looking back to the Globe, uh, the kind of editorial board piece in support of the, the bill in the Senate, where they noted that it would just really bring Massachusetts in line with most other states in the federal government. Uh, because <laughs> of how low the standards we have are, which is wild because it's like here in like bleeding liberal Massachusetts. That's right. We, have we think we're so great. But I think if you ask regular people, I always want to say this clear. Like if you ask regular people, should we be in line with other states around stealing people's stuff if the cops can take your stuff? I think they'd be pretty shocked, right? Like, even in conservative parts of Massachusetts, they'd be like, yeah, we should do that. So I just think, again, it's the legislature's out of step with regular people and continues to be a detriment to us. So reg- like, the, the detriment is a lived experience is even as regular people are like, wait, what? <laughs> what is that? And I think regular people wouldn't want us to be in line. They would want us to be better. To be a leader. Better. Right. That's a good point. That's a mm-hmm. yes. Right. Um, I think another one that's really important is there was a really good bill for um, increasing opportunities for judicial, for diversion mm-hmm. for young people so that we're not just sticking them in jail, which has low, um, you know, high recidivism rates, low good outcomes for young people. Um, and that bill passed the Senate, did not get passed in the House. Um, there was a really good bill to strengthen child care. Who here in Massachusetts has problems with child care? Anybody? <laughs> it's not a major issue that people list over and over. Um, again, the Senate passed it. It wasn't perfect. It could be better and stronger, but it was still good. Um, and it does not pass the House. And um, the House passed a good bill around facial recognition as recommended by the commission. So the state legislature was like, we don't want to deal with facial recognition. Let's put it together, a commission. Their favorite way to not do real work. And so they go to the process of doing a study, but they actually did the study. And experts were like, here's the way we can do this that fits in line with Massachusetts values. And the House was like, great, we did no work. Someone else did our homework for us. We could easily pass this. So they did that. And one senator in in the Senate was just like, oh, I don't know this. I don't really trust anything. I believe I'm smarter than everyone. And so I'm just going to kill this bill. So it just dies. The, all the work the commission did, the work that the people do, the recommendations, which are salient. Um, you know, And again, this is a lived reality that the people who are going to be policed this way are not the constituents of the person who killed them. <laughs> right? we, we're literally invisible to his day-to-day. 
it, it's just a wild thing to me, especially like if you create a whole bunch of, as the police reform bill did, you create a whole bunch of commissions to be like, let's investigate this further. I'm like, you should really only do that if you plan to actually listen to the commission <laughs> that you created. Because like you chose as a legislature who would sit on that commission because they're very prescriptive about who gets to sit on the commissions. And, and then to after be that, like, you know what? I don't think that those people that we chose to be on that commission really understand the issue well enough. Like, yeah. what was the whole, why did you waste everybody's time? I love this as another like series of ways to kill bills. It's like send them to study and then never create the commission. That's like really common, right? Send to study, no study, right? Send to study, spend all the time creating the commission, ignore the commission, don't bother to pass the law, right? So it's like even more ways for bills to just fall through the cracks. I gotta, I gotta say one thing, which is that um, I was talking to um, a lawyer who had worked on the, um, the driver's license bill for many, many years. And um, this weird thing happened with that bill where it got sent to the governor and then he sent it back without officially vetoing it. And, yep. and apparently like everybody who had worked on this bill, all sorts of lawyers and all sorts of, you know, activists and organizations and everything are like scrambling around trying to figure out like, oh my God, like what's the precedent for this? We, we don't know, how do we, how do we deal with this thing where he sent it back, but there's no veto and like, what's the procedure? And this lawyer's personal like take on it was, the problem is we just don't pass legislation here. Like we don't pass <laughs> enough legislation to have any experience passing legislation. And so nobody knows what to do whenever this, you know, slightly unusual thing happens because we just don't pass laws here. And so we don't have experience passing yeah, it's why it's always like another discussion about like what the governor's timeline is to sign something because it's like they so rarely pass things and most of them pass things that have been reduced to a certain degree of innocuousness that with the governor's signature guaranteed. So it's a point of like relearning every time that there might possibly be a bit of contention. Yeah, and, and I have to add to our, our like waterfall of ways for bills to get tanked i have to add in bills that pass and are never funded yeah yeah because, so i think that yeah oh go ahead uh, just well, because biggest, that's a real thing and that does happen yeah i think that and i think that i, I just want to say that they're the biggest one that this the biggest bucket of this is bond bills so this drives me as i think i have said on this thing many times this drives me literally bonkers a bond bill is not a spending bill and the, and the way the media lazily covers it with the press releases from the people is, you know, the transportation bill is a good example. They'll say um, the, the legislature is going to spend this much money on transportation, but that's not real. What it does, again, is it says the government is allowed to borrow money. So for every time they're like, oh, the government has to baker balance its budget. That's a lie. We borrow money every year. And like you or I with a credit card or anything else, right? Like we are, we, we're saying like, we're going to purchase this thing. But unlike the federal government, which can print money. So it yeah. doesn't really matter if it, if it spends more than it, it, um, it raises in revenue. States can't print money. So they need to go to the market to, to have say like, yes, we'll pay you back for this thing. And so it is like a regular credit card in that way. So rightly so, the legis the the um, Baker and any governor of Massachusetts doesn't spend every dollar 
that they are allowed to finance. So the state, so the state says you can spend up to a hundred million dollars on transportation, but on average, only about ten percent of that is actually ever spent because we wouldn't max out our credit cards. We don't spend it. Now it's uneven, right? Like transportation, they tend to spend almost all of it because we roads and other things. Although most of the time when it's roads and stuff, they spend it. But when it's green and technology, you know, then it's like, oh, we're not going to spend as much, um, right? See the T. But, um, you know, but there's not lots of Not that our roads bills. are great, I got to say. <laughs> our yeah, roads are housing, sucky anyway, yes. But housing, um, the reason, you know, I, can get, I think we can do a whole podcast about the fact that they'll never be really good because we drive too much and there's too much load on them. And we add cars. And so there's really no way to make that. But that's a whole other, it's like a fine side thing about the lack of public transportation. Um, but I think the other, the other piece is like, if you have, a, like, we passed a housing bill. I haven't looked at it, but my guess is that most of that, if none of that was probably ever, ever financed, right? The housing bond bill that they passed, almost, you know, they're just, he's not going to spend money on housing because he doesn't care, <laughs> right? Because the governor doesn't care about it. So he's not going to finance affordable housing projects. I'm going to get zero of that money. It's like akin to when you're touting, if you are touting the gifts that you bought people when all you actually did was raise your credit limit to buy them the stuff. Oh, well and said. then you tell people, like, look at all these great things that you haven't actually spent money on. Yeah. Well, my friends, what else well, we, is, have we covered the gamut of ways for bills to just be? No, we still haven't got to the governor's the governor's desk. That's the biggest oh, yeah. one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Of course. Um, and some of those we'll kind of dive into more with kind of an upcoming guest when we end up having Mallory Hanora from Families for Justice is healing with oh, yeah. because you have the prison moratorium language that Baker vetoed, and the legislative and legislators are kind of enjoying their vacation rather than coming back and uh and overriding him as well as the total debacle around no cost calls that the, that the senate engineered uh with also the role of the governor in that as well and like a public and like the one uh large public health bill to like fund public health boards more and standardize around them that charlie baker just decided he didn't like and, and let's it not unanimously too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, let's not forget we have a ninety percent majority of Democrats in the Senate and an eighty-five percent majority of Democrats in the House, and it is utterly veto-proof supermajority. Mm-hmm. So, Governor Baker, like he is a problem in many ways, right? In terms of implementing things, in terms of you know mm-hmm. any sort of executive orders, in terms of uh, you know getting things actually financed when they're supposed to be. So yes, but he is not a problem in terms of bills passing, because there's mm-hmm. a veto-proof supermajority, and if he vetoes something, we can still get it passed, supposedly. So, but but there are all these things that get um, shot down by the governor, um, and at this point in the cycle are now, uh, we don't know whether or not they will pass. Mm-hmm. And, I th- and I think it's important um, to, to, you know, it's, they always fall back on the on the fact that the government, but again, just to get back to the timing, if they pass this in January next year, February, mm-hmm. they have plenty of time to work out whatever the governor doesn't like and dislike and 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 pass the bill. It's because they wait to the last second <laughs> in the legislative session that gives so much power mm-hmm. to the Republican governor. And so he's literally saying no to things that he, because his 
donors don't like it or because he used to be, um, you know, he, he ran uh, uh, insurance, a health insurance mm-hmm. company, and it might hurt health insurance companies. So it doesn't matter that it passed unanimously with Republicans and Democrats. He's just like, well, it'll hurt my buddies. You know, I got to go work after this, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm going to say no. Like, it's just they give over all this power because of the timing again. In these, we've got um, so that we've mentioned a little bit about like the no cost calls for some more yeah. we'll talk about those um, next week. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I just remember talking uh, with folks about the climate stuff, which is not being implemented. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. Um, and uh, things that are just awaiting for his signature gun safety regulations. So that, that did finally get signed. That, that, oh, that got signed. Yep, I did the Crown Act, the Mental yeah, Health right. Bill. Those did get signed. But it's just, yeah, it's just a disaster. But you know, that, that, that should be an episode itself on like implementation, like with the climate bill. There's so much that like once it gets out, like getting the bill passed is just step one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's not. It's step 215. It's, <laughs> it's not the end of the road. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's actually going to happen. Right. It doesn't mean it's going to yeah. happen. Uh, yeah. Closing it's, like, so, right, yeah. it's like you finish your law. It's like, think of it as then, like, you finally finished the blueprint for the house that you're going to build. <laughs> doesn't mean you have a house. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. Oh, that's well said. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. And with climate stuff, I always, it, to me, the climate stuff is always so pressing because you, you, I mean, every government on the planet is passing commitments, mm-hmm. commitments mm-hmm. to do X, Y, and Z. Um, right. And then they don't that get implemented. Does. And, and, you know, we, we, <laughs> we're past that point of, you know, having committing to do something, making a decision that maybe in the future we'll do something being yep. enough. It is not enough. Just remember, everybody, this is the coldest August that you'll ever experience. If you felt really hot now, wait till we continue to do basically nothing on it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But on a positive, Oof. happy Madonna Day, everybody. <laughs> happy Madonna Day. <laughs> well, uh, friends and listeners, um, we will, uh, Jonathan has this amazing breakdown of all mm-hmm. the bills this session and which ones fell through the cracks at all these different points um we will make sure to get that to you at some point um as soon as it's up on the web and uh, then next week we are going to have an amazing discussion about the prison moratorium bill and what's happening with that just to keep everybody updated um any final closing thoughts i think this is a really good one whenever the end of the session comes or whenever like the deadline for things coming out on committees comes. It's really good because we get to talk about sort of the structure and help people understand, you know, how things work and don't work. Um, and uh, anything else y'all want to dive in with before we close off for today? No, other than my possible like joke, as I did before, where I could like would start amusing with Zephyr in the sky at night. I wonder. <laughs> 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 oh Jordan, you muted your laughter. No! I've muted. <laughs> muted my ending. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, oh. thank you all so much for listening. We hope this has been helpful and helps you understand how rough things are and how much work we all have to do. And I hope that it gives all of you some inspiration 
for coming out to Canvas. We got a bunch of canvases this weekend. Um, and then we're gonna have canvases next weekend. I will post some information about that in the description. And um, thanks everybody for listening. We will see you all next week.